You're listening to a podcast from the Abbey Theatre's Oral History Project. For more information about the archive, visit abbeytheatre.ie. In this podcast, actors Niall Buggy, Kathleen Barrington and Maureen Igronia recall the 1968 production of The Cherry Orchard by Anton Chekhov, directed by Madame Maria Knebel. That's when we also did The Cherry Orchard by Madame Can- directed by Madame Knebel from the Moscow Arts, who was and is still the greatest director I've ever worked with. Well, Madame Knebel uh, came over. It was the Dublin Theatre Festival, and she was quite a famous uh, director in the Moscow Arts, and I think that from that they um, asked her to come over to, to Dublin. And um, we had four weeks rehearsal, which for us was um, was a lot, because I think we only rehearsed at the most three weeks, and we only rehearsed in the mornings. And if you so, we only ever rehearsed in the mornings. So it was a very short period of time of rehearsal. Anyway, we had four weeks and full days with Madame Canabel, and we all just fell in love with this woman. Um, who who gave us directions in Russian and then it was translated, but we always knew what she meant beforehand. What she did was, I think, in looking back, and what all, I would imagine, great directors would do, is create an atmosphere. So if you create an atmosphere in a room that lends itself to creativity, create an atmosphere and creativity, then you're on the right road because then you have the support of the players and the love of the players. She also had an incredible sense of humour. I remember John Kavanagh doing something one day in rehearsal and she laughed so much she fell off her seat. And she was, uh, you know, she just loved acting and actors and... uh, she loved the whole experience of it. And she had been a student of Stanislavski, who I have never read, but um, the, so she had been a student of his, and that was very interesting. But it was very simple, very, very simple. And she had actually played in it under Stanislavski. So she really knew, loved that play. She brought all the designs, lighting designs, everything with her. And she had a very clear idea of how she wanted to be done. She was an amazing woman. Um, she knew exactly what she wanted. And we understood everything that she was saying to us. It, it, like, it was a magic time, rehearsing all day. Uh, from 10 until 5 o'clock. We had a break for lunch until 5 o'clock. And some of us would have been wor- working on Sound of the Gong and the Peacock at the same mm-hmm. time. And yet, we didn't want rehearsals to stop. I couldn't bear the thought of this actually going and audiences seeing it. It was our play, our world, that we really nearly didn't want to share with people. But Cyril and Siobhan were obviously, they were the key. Uh, it was very interesting watching them rehearsing, uh, sort of marking territories a little bit. and. Uh, Cyril sometimes doing naughty things upstage, and, but eventually they came together and they 
played deliciously, delightfully together. It was, it just was magic. I mean, I still remember, I think, nearly every detail of that. The set, the chairs covered in white, uh, the lovely scene where Yeppy Hood of, of the creaking boots, that was Michal Hennessy, madly in love with Dunyasha, a yearning Morni Gráinne. And Michal Hennessy was wondering how would he get the squeak in the boots and the prop man was saying, how are we going to do this? And Madame Knebel said, go to Woolworths and you buy a squeaky little thing and you control the squeak. So he had this squeaky thing in his mouth. So he squeaked and he felt <laughs> a squeak should come. But, you know, she, she just was so inventive. Um, who else? Um, oh, yeah, John Cavanaugh was in it. Niall Buggy. Oh, uh, Bernadette McKenna. A delicious Anya. Absolutely lovely, magical Anya. And I played Varia. Um, the sort of nearly nun-like, yearning for love. Uh, Jeff Golden played the part of my would-be lover, who was totally impervious to me. And uh, But I had a lovely scene with Cyril. And he, he just was so absolutely real that you actually weren't acting, you know, when you were in a scene with him. You were just being, I was Varia with him. It, it, you know, it, it, that is something that you will never forget. And Harry Brogan, he played fierce, but Harry in the final scene, everybody has gone. They've forgotten that fierce is there. And he wanders through the house alone. It was most heartbreaking. And you hear just the cherry orchard being felled and it's fierce life really ending at the same time. It was lovely. It really was a, a wonderful production. 1968, one of the great productions we had here, here um, Cherry Orchard, uh, with a wonderful Russian lady called uh, Madame Knebel. And um, there were un hundreds of stories about that production, which are all wonderful. First of all, it was another time the, the um, Iron Curtain, as they called it, was still in existence. And Madame Marie Knebel had come from a very restricted area, which loved the arts, but was a restricted area. And for some reason, which I can never work out, she arrived a few days before she was expected, or she was, before, or she was officially um, to arrive. I don't know the, what went behind it, but there was some kind of Russian secrecy. And we were going off to um, Edinburgh to do the Playboy of the Western World, and we were to meet her the following week when we came back. But we were smuggled up, I remember being smuggled up the stairs to meet her in the office upstairs and sworn to secret not to tell anybody she was in the country. Why this was, I never found out. Anyway, we went to Edinburgh, came back, and Thomas McConnell had presented her with a, a cast list of people. But she said, I want to see everybody in the company. And I know I wasn't first for the part I got, but her, no, other people weren't. She was told also she would be rehearsing, she would be working with two of the Irish great stars, Cyril Cusack and uh, Siobhan McKenna. And Siobhan played Madame Renevska, Cyril Cusack played Gaev. But anyway, she did 
um, pick her, choose her own cast. She worked with an interpreter who was uh, um, Kapinski, Julian Kapinski, who was white Russian, who actually took to his part wonderfully. Everything, he went on and on and on. And uh, Madame had a certain amount of English, but she said, I say this, holding her hand out about eight inches, and Julian, he says this, which goes yards and yards and yards. But in the early days of the of the rehearsal, we used to always be, um, you know, doing one play, rehearsing one play and playing another. But the previous year, the Borstal Boy had been the big hit, and it was now in Be- doing a, a playing in Belfast. And t- John Kavanagh, who was to play Yasha in Cherry Orchard, had also to play in Belfast at night. So Madame was told he's only available for a morning rehearsal, you know, because he has to go to Belfast. So. Uh, a certain time, I said, sorry, excuse me, my Rona Woodcock used to say, Madame, John has to go to Belfast. I said, okay. So this went on about three days. Madame said, stood up and said, please, John has to go to Belfast. Please, someone, what is Belfast? <laughs> I always thought it would be a great name for a production. What is Belfast? Nobody had, had thought she would not know. This was 67. A number of years later, everybody in the world knew where Belfast was. She didn't. Anyway... It turned out to be a wonderful production. One of her, the joys she had here was she was brought up to Cleary's. Whereas she was brought, um, Anne McCabe, who Des Cave's wife, was in, in, in charge of wardrobe. And she said, uh, Madame, she said, would you like to see some materials? Oh, yes, she was interested in every aspect. So she went up to the drapery part of uh, where they sold bolts of all kinds of material at that time in Cleary's. And Anne said she was, it was like as though she was in Aladdin's cave. She was going around touching, touching, touching. She said, which can I have? And I said, you can have everything. And velvets especially. So there seemed to have been a shortage of fabrics. However, on the other hand, she was horrified that we didn't have a wig department here. Absolutely horrified. I remember Siobhan inviting her out to Highfield Road, where Siobhan lived, to have some lunch. And Siobhan presented her with... She put, put a chicken on the table, a big, no, a turkey on the table, and she had never seen a whole turkey in her life before, because she was, um, in the communist state, you were allowed only a certain amount of meat a day. I mean, she was a, a, a very highly regarded, so she would have been treated very well. She had a, a, an apartment in Moscow and a house in the country, but that was given to her by the state. But at the same time, they weren't allowed to eat any more than a certain amount of meat every day. And probably a very good, good idea, you know. Um, they, they, they could only buy a certain amount. Anyway, she, was, she loved being in Ireland and we had a party for her. And the actors really fell in love with her, the male and female. She, she, she was so creative. She helped such creativity. And I think I've never seen the actors as happy. Uh, doing that, uh, uh, more the, happier doing that than any other play that I'd ever seen them do. The last night, it was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful production. It was absolute magic. And the last night, there was a kind of a, um, a party. Uh, oh, no, sorry, the last dress rehearsal. Madame said, um, she said, OK, there's the last dress rehearsal. And we had, we didn't have... Uh, this was the first time ever that we didn't have a technical rehearsal where the a- actors had to be stand in. 
No, no, actors do not do that. It's not for actors. No, 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 no. So it came to the final dress rehearsal. We had five. We didn't have previews at the time. Five dress rehearsals. Perfect. And uh, the following day um, was the opening, and uh, Siobhan said, Madame, what time do you want us tomorrow? And there was a quick confab with Julie and Neville. So what? I said, and said, tomorrow? She said, yes. Tomorrow? I said, yes. And then she stood up and said, tomorrow you play for the public. You rest! <laughs> And the final night when we were, there was a party and, oh, she also said just that that evening, she said, now, my last note, when I come here, I'm told I have great Irish stars. I have Siobhan, I have Cyril. Now I know in this country, stars mean great actors. And so she tells Siobhan how wonderful she is. And then she said to Cyril, I said, Cyril, and he said, mm, yes, madam, yes, mm. And I happened to be near him. She says, Cyril, I think Chekhov, he write Gaev for you. And she just slightly turned up to me, wiped a tear. Now, not many people saw that. I saw it. So it was wonderful. I, it was dream time. She was magnificent. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Abbey Theatre's Oral History Project. For more information about the archive, visit abbeytheatre.ie.